Hey everybody, this is Pastor David with We Are Church. I just want to thank you for taking the time to tune into this podcast. Here at We Are Church, our mission is to be a place where people come to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. One of the ways we do that is through the reading and the teaching of the Word of God. So I just pray that this message would challenge you to take your faith to the next level and you would find freedom in every area that you need. God bless you and enjoy the message. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for this day. God, we thank you for each and everything you've done for every single one of us, God. God, we just pray, God, that tonight would be a time, Father, where your word penetrates into the deepest parts of our soul and our spirit, God, and that it revives us, God. God, we pray that you would cut off anything in our lives tonight, God, that is hindering us from stepping into the full potential of what you have for us and who you've called us to be. God, we know that you have great plans for each and every one of us in this room, God, and for this church, God, and for this nation and for the people who seek your face, God. So we just pray, Father, that you would remind us of what those plans are, God, that you would remind us of who we are, God, that we would have a sense of purpose, God, that we'd have the strongest conviction, God, to walk into what you've called us to do like never before. And God, we thank you for this opportunity to be here, God, and to and to, to, to labor for you, God, to labor for you, God. And we just thank you so much, God, that you chose us out of everybody else. You chose us. And we thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, praise God, praise God, man. I want to welcome every single person on the screen today and every single one of y'all in this room, man. Y'all ready for the message? <laughs> Woo, boy, they hype today. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God, man. I'm super grateful to be here. Um, If you don't know who I am and you just came across the the screen, my name is Pastor David. I'm the senior pastor here of We Are Church. And I'm just grateful again to have y'all here today. I believe that God has a word for you. I believe that God has a word for me, that he's got a word for all of us. I'm super excited to jump into this message. Um, If you're watching, I'm sure that you, some of you, most of you are aware that we canceled um, in-house service for two weeks while church, while the church here was being deep cleaned and sanitized. And uh, uh, just we're going to have we're going to have some announcements coming up quick just about what we got going on in the future. But just real quick, I do want to let you know that this will be our last night in-house here in Lebanon. But that doesn't mean we're going to stop what we're doing. We're actually going to be in our new building in Antioch, Tennessee. So if you're watching and you've been having to stay online over the past couple months because you just haven't been able to make the drive, we will be back in South Nashville in just a couple weeks. But I will keep you updated on when that will be and what exactly we have going on. And uh, uh, two weeks ago, we had worship night two Saturdays ago and worship night was just so amazing. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. It was just a night where literally the spirit just moved uh, 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 so big. I think we had 87 people that showed up, 87 people to worship night, way bigger turnout than what we expected. But even better than that, than the amount of people who came, we had seven people who gave their lives to the Lord that night. And uh, man, it was just so amazing to see God move in that place, man. People who there, there was people who came up and said, man, like I've, I've known God, I've been running from God and I have like lost my passion and my hunger for God. But tonight there was a, a switch that was flipped inside of me and I'm so ready to just jump into all that God has for me. And it was just such an exciting, exciting uh, uh, time. A lot has happened, man, over the past three weeks. Um, and, and, and 
for those of you who know that my father passed away, I want to thank y'all for everybody who has reached out to me. Man, I've had so many people reach out and say, man, David, I'm praying for you or just randomly checking up on me. And, and you know, as a pastor, sometimes you can feel like you care more about people than people care about you. And, and you place your life on the back burner because that's just the mantle God has given you for you to, to, to be last so that people can be first. And so um, it's been amazing to see that being sold back into me in my life through this time and through this season. And man, I'm just so grateful for how many friends I really have. And it's so evident who those friends are when times get hard. And so God has really opened my eyes to that. So, man, thank you. Thank you as a church and, and as my friends for, for praying for me and keeping my family in your prayers during this time. Um, at this time, man, I'm, I'm really ready to jump into this word. Uh, three weeks ago, no, four, we had him two weeks off. It really threw me off. However many weeks ago, we started the Momentum Series and uh, just want to recap quickly on what that was, because I know we've had some time away from it. But we jumped into this momentum series talking about how do we get back to a place in our lives where we're gaining momentum and traction in our walk with God? Where where has this passion and this desire and this hunger gone and how do we get that back? How do we get to back to a level where we're continuously growing in our walk with God? Right. And we talked about first and foremost that we have to be willing to exchange the old for the new. That if we're going to step into the new with God, we have to be willing to let go of the things of the past, right? That it's just like a marriage, that we are the bride of Christ. And in order for us to enter into a marriage or a covenant or a relationship with God, we have to be willing to divorce this world and divorce the things that pull us back. And so we exchange the old for the new. In the second sermon, we talked about embracing opposition, that there's a time in our lives where opposition, where momentum meets opposition, Right. And, and instead of running from it and self-destructing that we we need to make it our teacher and embrace it. And that through that, we have opportunities to grow, to grow in different areas um, in our walks with God. And then third, we talked about getting comfortable with the uncomfortable that every one of us have has a calling on our lives. And it's and, 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 and it's going to be uncomfortable to do whatever that thing is that God is calling you to do. But little by little, we have to be willing to step outside of our comfort zone to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. This week, we're going to end this series with a sermon titled Establish New Levels of Sacrifice. Establish New Levels of Sacrifice. And I feel like this is a very timely message. Didn't realize just how timely it really was until I got ready to preach this today. But, but let me start by saying this. Yesterday's sacrifice is yesterday's sacrifice. Yesterday's sacrifice is yesterday's sacrifice. And so I want to explain exactly what I mean by that. When I began to, to, to sit down and, and prepare this, this series and, and these messages, um, I started to, 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 to seek the Lord and, and I wanted to step back and I wanted to take a look at my life and my walk with God from start to where I am now, right? And so I started to evaluate what that walk looked like and, and what I believe most people who attend church regularly what their walks have looked like and 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 what i found is 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 this right here you you most likely fit into one of these five categories and and, and i want to break those down the first one is it's the newborn christian or what some of people would call a baby Christian, the person who has been born again and encountering God 
on a level that they never had before, something new to them, right? And the newborn Christian is, he's hungry or he or she is hungry, right? That they're teachable, that they crave the word of God, that they crave prayer, that they're willing to do whatever somebody, whoever's over them tells them to do because they just wanna know more about this God. And they're constantly seeking this new, this new God that they, that they didn't know um, and that they just came into this relationship and the newborn Christian is just so pure. And so just, man, all the religion isn't there. All of the, the regulation and the rules, it's just pure desire to get to know their creator on a deeper level. The second is the, the struggling Christian. And this is the Christian that after being saved and experiencing God finds him or his or herself in a place of struggle for one or two reasons. And the first is the discovery of self. And what I mean by that is, is, is that they discover just how far they still have to go. So we get into this relationship with God and we'll see that God will start to deliver us from whatever it was that we were bound in, whether for some of y'all, whether it was pornography, whether it was alcoholism, whether it was addiction, whether it was uh, greed, whether it was whatever it was, whatever that thing was that had you bound, that when we come into this relationship with God and he gets rid of some of these things that have been destroying our lives, we're still left with ourselves. And so that's a struggle because as we're going through this process with God, we realize, God, I still got some anger inside of me. I still got some rage inside of me. God, I still got this and I still got that. And the closer we get to God and the closer we get to the word of God, we realize just how flawed we really are. And second is the, is the storms of life. That we feel this newness when we first come into this relationship with God. And all of a sudden, Hell breaks loose in our life and everything feels like it's falling apart. And this opposition to this new life can either make us or break us. The struggling Christian is stuck in this place in between who they no longer want to be and who they know they're called to be. That when we look at our lives and we say, man, I'm, 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 I got so far to go. It's so easy to just want to walk away. And when the storms of life are coming and it's like, why this doesn't even make sense to follow Jesus if this is how my life is going to be. It's so easy to walk away. And the struggling Christian is, is stuck in this place of not wanting to go back to who they used to be, but not knowing if they can walk forward into who God has called them to be. The struggling Christian becomes the strong Christian when he or she chooses to walk in faith, not in feelings. The struggling Christian becomes a strong Christian when he or she chooses to walk in faith and not in feelings. The third category is the hesitant Christian. This is the Christian who hears the call, recognizes the call, but doesn't have the confidence to step into the call. And honestly, I've been there. I've been all of these right here that I'm going through this, this level of all these different levels of, of, of steps and walks with God. But the hesitant Christian is somebody who, who hears the call, recognizes the call, but doesn't have the confidence to step into the call. And I believe that a lot of us that, 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 that have been in this relationship with God, that we hear it, that we know there's something deep inside of us that is saying, I'm called to greater, that I'm called to more, that God has something for me. And, and you can feel the pull and the call on your life of, of God telling you to step out and to do something something different, but you just hesitate. You don't have the courage to step forward into what God is calling you to step into. 
And everyone around you probably sees your potential. I know that's how it was for me. Everybody was telling me about this, this call that they could see that God had on my life. David, God has called you to do some mighty things. David, God, God is, is, is going to make you into this bold man of God. And they would tell me all of this stuff, but I never had the courage to just step out and do what God was calling me. I was hesitating to jump in to the calling on my life. And a lot of us were walking around feeling like we have no purpose in life because we are not stepping into what we know God is calling us to do. Hesitant Christians avoid scenarios and people where their faith is put on display. They avoid scenarios and people where their faith is put on display. We don't want to be challenged to share what God is doing in our lives. We don't want somebody to tell us to, to be the person to lead prayer. We don't want nobody to ask us to step into what we would consider frontline ministry. because of all of the different fears of what we might look like if we fail, or how stupid we might look if we fall. The hesitant Christian. Originally, I had four categories, but I felt like I needed to put this one in right here. This is the fourth one, the, thri the thriving Christian. This is the Christian most people would consider good soil. To this person, Christianity is not just religion, but it's an actual way of life. This is, this is literally what they sleep, what they, what they breathe. Everything about them is, is, is found in their relationship with God. They're always willing to grow. They're always willing to face the obstacles in front of them. They're always willing to take their faith to the next level. They, they never settle. They never compromise because they just want more of what God has for them. That is the thriving Christian. It's the Christian that the Bible talks about that they will bear fruit in each season. Not just in good seasons when times look good, but in each season, whether it's in the valley, in the storm, or whether they're on the highest mountain, living life to the full, no matter what, this Christian bears fruit. And the fifth one would be the arrived Christian. The arrived Christian is often mistaken as the fruitful Christian. They got some good time under their belt in this walk with God. They've overcame some bondages. They might not sound us and they don't cuss anymore. They, they, they look like they got it all together. They dress nice. They got some financial security under them. They all of these sins that everybody would consider the most filthiest sins that, that you can't see it on the outside. And they just look like the, 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 the fruitful Christian. They look like they got it all together. They're the Christian that when you first come into church and you get into these buildings, they become your mentors, but somehow you begin to pass them up when you, when you continue in your desire and in your hunger for God, because they've, they've gotten to a place where they just feel like they've arrived and there's no need for more growth. And if I look at my life, I see seasons where I've been there where I didn't see the need anymore to, to grow out, or at least I didn't, think I did and my passion and my hunger died down slowly and slowly not realizing that I had gotten to a place where I thought that I had arrived. And as I sat there thinking about this part, the arrived Christian, my heart was saddened and I began to ask God, God, how do we get to a place like this in our walks to where we go from being so hungry so on fire for you, God, willing to just chase you over everything. Like, how do we get to a place like this? And I felt the Lord say to me, heard it in my spirit, because you stopped 
sacrificing because you stopped sacrificing. And isn't that the reality? That like when we first got into this walk with God, it was anything and everything that we were looking for ways to sacrifice something to him. God, search me, try me. God, if you want it, you can have it, whether it was a relationship, whether it was money and these levels of sacrifice that, that when I first got saved and I was a single father to pay my tithe was, a, was a, a huge sacrifice for me because I didn't have the money. And it was like, God, it's so hurt so bad to let this go, God, but I'm, I'm going to give it to you, God, because I want to give it to you. I want to I sacrifice this to you, God. I want to trust you in this. Then you gain some financial security in your life and you get to a place where tithe is, it's no longer sacrificial. It's just what you're obligated to do. Looking for ways of, of, of where this faith could cost me something because every time I was obedient to the cost and to the call and to whatever he was asking me, it took me to a new level of passion and a new level of hunger for him. The Lord's showing me that, 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 that we lose our passion because we, lose our sacrifice for him. So today I want to talk to you about establishing new levels of sacrifice. U.S. Dictionary defines sacrifice this way, an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded, for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. I'll say that again, an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. Let's think about that for a second. What do we value? What are we really hungry for? What has taken the place in your heart of God? I want to talk about three ways that we establish new levels of sacrifice. And the first one is to be honest with yourself. To be honest with yourself, Romans chapter 12, verses one through three says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Paul starts by saying, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. You see the urgency in this statement. He's saying, man, I'm, I'm pleading with you. I'm, 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 I'm begging you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. And he's not just talking like give your bodies like as, as, as a temple and, and watching what you eat and refraining from sexual immorality. No, he's saying give everything that you do in this body to God. They offer it to, to you. Why? Because of everything that he has done for you. He didn't say because of everything that he will do for you. He said because of everything that he has done for you. That it's, 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 it's in knowing what he's done for us that that should drive us to live a sacrificial life for him. He says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. 
see that this is truly the way to worship him. Many of us have lost it. That the true worship is found in sacrifice. That is found in sacrifice that we're wondering, God, why is it so hard to worship you? It's because we don't live sacrificially for him anymore because we don't even want to ask him what he wants us to do next or once he what, what he wants out of our life because we're scared of what that might cost us. We got some stability and some cushion in our lives now and God is saying, I need you to be sacrificial. He then says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. He's saying, Man, don't, don't, don't follow the ways of this world because this world lives for themselves, that this world is self-centered and self-seeking. He's saying, don't copy the customs and behaviors of this world. Everybody out here in this world is hungry for more. They just want more and more and more and more that if we're supposed to be saved and we're supposed to be um, set on him, that, that what we should be hungry for is more of him and less of this world. And if we look at the early church in the book of Acts and we see that they sold everything that they had, that they sold their possessions and they gave to one another in need, like how many of us would really, really be willing to empty out the bank accounts and in in, 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 um, in all of our cushion to take care of the people around us? Paul said, don't follow the ways of this world. He's not just talking about blatant sins. He's talking about the greed. He's talking about everything else that comes along with loving this world more than we love God. And the Bible talks about that God will give us the desires of our heart. But the funny thing is, is when we're connected to God, that when we abide in the vine and we're in perfect relationship with him, that when we're seeking his heart, that our, his desires line up with our desires or our desires line up with his desires. Yeah, he gives us the desire of desires of our heart when we're saying, God, I want more anointing. God, I want more passion. God, I want more boldness. God, I want more hunger for you. That when that's our desire to know him more intimately, see intimately and walk in the purpose that he has for us, of course, he'll give us the desires of our heart. In verse three, he says, because of this privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. In other words, I'm, I'm giving you this warning that if you don't do what I'm about to say, it's going to be detrimental to your faith and to your passion and to your hunger for God. He said, man, I give you each of you this warning. He said, don't think you are better than you really are. Don't think you're better than you really are. He said, be honest in your evaluation of your of yourselves, not be honest in your evaluation of everybody around you. He said, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. <laughs> Some of us need to sit down and have a conversation with ourselves. And really look at where we're at. Because if you take the time to actually look at where you're at, you'll see that you still got room to grow. But you'll also know that when you got room to grow, you got something to aim at. Many of us were aiming at nothing because we think we have arrived. But it starts with being honest with ourselves. Second is pray for willingness. Pray for willingness. In order to establish new levels of sacrifice, we have to pray for willingness. Matthew chapter 26, verses 40 through 41 says, this is Jesus right before he's about to be betrayed 
about to be betrayed. He says, it says, then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And Jesus is saying, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. That he was not just talking about the temptation that we think about, about lust and greed and all of these different things. No, that, that, that he knew that they would be tempted to walk away from the call of God on their life and walk away from, from him because times were going to get so hard and that they were going to face so much trial and tribulation that, they, that Jesus knew. If you don't pray, you will give in to temptation. Why? Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh it's weak. He said the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit compels us to live sacrificially. The flesh compels us to live selfishly. Paul understood that when he wrote to the church in Philippi, Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 through 24, he says, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, lives means living for Christ and dying is even better. Or to live as Christ, to die is gain. He said, but if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. And Paul is understanding that he's saying, man, look, whether I live or whether I die, no matter what, if I live, I live for Christ to die is gain. And he said, man, I really, really, really want to just go and be with Christ, but it's better for your sake that I stay. So I live my life as a, as a sacrifice. I'm willing to pour my life out as a sacrifice so that I can see you inherit the kingdom of God. He said, I'm torn between these two desires. Some of us were still in that place of struggle that we're, we're torn between two desires. That part of us wants to go harder in this walk with God, but part of us wants to just give up and say, man, it's not worth it. You see what Paul focuses on? He focuses on the purpose behind enduring what God has given him. My third point, we sacrifice towards the call. You sacrifice towards the call. This quote that I read earlier says, there are so many ways to be brave in this world. Sometimes bravery involves laying down your life for something bigger than yourself or for someone else. Sometimes it involves giving up everything you have ever known or everyone you have ever loved for the sake of something greater. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it is nothing more than gritting your teeth through pain and the work of every day, the slow walk toward a better life. That is the sort of bravery I must have now. I love that quote. That it involves laying down your life for something bigger than yourself or for someone else, that it involves giving up everything you have ever known or everyone you have ever loved for the sake of something greater, that it is sacrifice, that you are sacrificing towards something greater. One of my points, true faith is not just believing God has a call on your life. It is sacrificing towards the call at whatever cost. 
It's not just believing God has a call on your life. Many of us know I'm called to something. God has called me to ministry. Believing that God has called you to ministry isn't good enough. If I believe God has called me something, called me to something, I sacrifice towards that call at whatever cost. Many of us were sitting here that we're just empty, that we're walking around, we're just dry, that we've, we've known Jesus, we've been in this walk with him for a while and we're wondering, God, why in the world is it so hard for me to tap into your presence? Why is my hunger gone, God? What has happened to my passion? And, and if you would just start sacrificing towards the call, the passion will come back. We think passionate people are the only ones that sacrifice, but sacrificial people are passionate. Revelations chapter 12, verse 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even unto death. You see that? that they defeated the enemy. By the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even unto death. That we overcome when we sacrifice at whatever cost might not mean necessarily being dragged through the streets or hung on a cross. But I want to ask you today, what does that sacrifice look like for you? What would it be? What is God calling you to walk away from? What is God calling you to let go of and release out of your hands? Is it a relationship? Is it money? Is it a job? Is it a car? Is it a house? Whatever it is, what is that thing that God is calling you to let go of today? And I question. We say, man, I'll die. I'll sacrifice my life even unto death like the disciples and the apostles. But if you won't even give up the resources you already have, how would you give up your life? If you can't give up temporary materialistic things, how could you give up your life for him? And I'm preaching to myself right now because I'm, I'm in a place where I'm saying, God, I got, I got to get back to sacrificial. I haven't asked you what you wanted, God. I haven't sat down and said, God, what do you want out of my life today, God? How can I give you more of myself? How can I give you more of what I've started clinging on to, God? What do you want from me? My prayer is that in this next season of our life, when everything is going crazy and we're in this chaotic place and everything seems like it's falling apart, all of the cushion, all of the security, is that you would say, God, I only have this, but if you want it, you can have it that you can have it, the passion, the hunger, and everything else that follows that will set you back on fire for him. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for this day. God, I pray over every person under the sound of my voice, God. God, I pray that over these next couple weeks and next couple days and next couple hours and next couple minutes, God, that, God, that you would remind us, God, that, 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 that you're worthy, God. 
that you're worth it. God, we repent, Father, for placing this world and these materialistic, materialistic things and these, the, 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 these things that we've used as crutches, God. We repent for placing those things before you. God, if we were honest right now with ourselves and with you, we don't hunger for you the way that we should. God, we don't trust you the way that we should. So God, we repent for that, God, and I just pray that you would remind us, God, of how much you have for us, God. God, we pray for willingness, God, to be willing to let go of whatever it is that you would ask us, ask of us. God, we pray for your church all across this nation. God, that you would reignite a fire inside of all of us. God, that the hunger, the passion, the anointing, God, all of those things would come back there, that we would get back to true relationship, God, with you. We want to be true worshipers, God, that are willing to give up whatever for the sake of the gospel. And we thank you, Father, for your hand on, on this church, God, and for everything that you have planned for us. We love you, we honor you, and we worship you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God, church. I love y'all. If you're still on the screen, um, just want to let you know again, we will not be in-house in Lebanon any longer. Uh, we will continue to do online services, but please follow us. Continue to follow us on social media because we're going to be updating about uh, uh, about all of the changes that we got coming on. We're coming back to South Nashville. We cannot wait to see you next time in person. We're gonna have leadership meetings going on and all of that, but please stay connected with us because the Bible studies, the worship nights, the things that we're gonna be doing, the events to just build relationship with each other. Those are the type of things that are really gonna really, really grow us in our relationships with each other and in our relationships with God. I'm excited for what the future holds for us as a church. I love y'all, I'm praying for you, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's message from We Are Church. I trust that you are blessed and moved in a way that changes your life permanently and allows God to guide you towards your calling in Christ. If you want to make We Are Church your home church or feel moved to sow into We Are Church, we want to provide the means to do so. You can join or give online at weareministries.com and you can also reach us on our social media platforms at We Are Church Nashville. God bless you. And have a great week.